Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin the day of nobility, the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we know, has given us two celebrations throughout the year. The Muslims, we have two holidays, and these are called the Eid. The word Eid comes from the Arabic word Aud, which means to oft return. So this is a holiday that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, and it comes one after the other. As we have seen, it feels like yesterday that the last Eid was here. And now we are here in the next Eid. And again, inshallah, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, we will experience the year again and then find Eid again. This Eid that we are experiencing today, alhamdulillah, with the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is titled Eid al-Adha. And as we have spoken before, Adha is a reference to the word Tadhiyah. And in Arabic, Tadhiyah means sacrifice. So this is the Eid or the celebration, the annual celebration of sacrifice. What has been sacrificed? This is the commemoration of the sacrifices of our father Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Such a pivotal figure in history for Muslims, for Christians, for the Yahud, for everyone in the world we stem from Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam such that he was given the title Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the prophets. Such an individual where no one in the world points a finger to him. If you look at our beloved Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the greatest of all creation, the greatest of all human, mankind, not even mankind, but all of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the greatest. Yet we find in this world people who criticize, who blame, who curse, out of jahala, out of ignorance, out of their own misfortune, yet they speak ill of our beloved Rasulullah And on Yawm Al-Qiyamah they will realize what they have done when they will all go to Rasulullah for help and no other Nabi will be able to help them on that day. Look at Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. We believe in Isa alayhi salam. The Nasara believe in Isa alayhi salam. However, what do the Yahud say about Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam? Nothing positive to say. These figures that are blemishless in history are still attacked and criticized by others. But when we look at our father Ibrahim alayhi salam, we find no one pointing a finger at him. This is due to the sacrifices that he has made. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted him to such a degree that there is no one in history that really points a finger to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his entire family. Rather, they stem from him and they attribute themselves to him. 
And we know we are the correct ones who attribute ourselves to our father Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Both of the Eids that we see, this holiday that we have, alhamdulillah, and the previous one, Eid al-Fitr, are preceded with a time period of great hardship and toil. And it's meant to be such. We are meant to toil, we are meant to go through difficulty, we are meant to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to bless us with forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give us barakah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to turn to Him and to have a life filled with blessings and goodness and khair and afiyah and salama, peace and comfort. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imposes upon us some seasons of difficulty. If we look at the previous Eid, we had from Rajab, Sha'ban, and then Ramadan, three months in which Rasulullah would undergo difficulty through extensive worship. And as we get closer and closer to the Eid al-Fitr, the worship becomes more extreme, the worship becomes more, mashallah, even more blessed. In our eyes, it is not extreme, rather, that is from the onlookers' eyes. In our eyes, it's more blessed and more blessed. The progression to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases and increases to the state where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to witness Laylatul Qadr in a state that we are the closest to Him. And that's why we have three months to prepare for Laylatul Qadr. And the last ten nights of Ramadan are given such virtue, it is rare to find such virtue throughout the year. In fact, there is no other greater night than Laylatul Qadr. And what do we get as believers for fulfilling this duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Through all of this exercise, the spiritual difficulty that we are undergoing, although that in itself is khayr and good, we are getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through our worship, yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His grace, out of His kindness, He gives us a day, a day in which we are to rejoice, a day in which we look back at those toils and difficulties, and the harder that we have worshipped, and the harder that we worked, the greater and the more sweet that day of, of holiday is. And that is Eid al-Fitr. For a person who hasn't worked hard in a Ramadan, Eid al-Fitr is another day. For a person who has toiled in a Ramadan, who has recited Qur'an over and over, who fasted diligently, protected their eyes, ears, their tongue, and every of their limbs, for them Eid al-Fitr has a different taste. Similarly for this Eid, why am I talking about Eid al-Fitr? Because this Eid is very similar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us another season. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the season of hajj. For those who go for hajj, they have a separate level of toil. For them, today is not just uh, Eid. Today is Yawm al-Nahr. And as Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, is al-Hajj al-Akbar, the day in which they have to do the greatest amount of toil. They have to pelt the stones. They have to slaughter the animal. They have to shave the heads for the rijal. Cutting a little bit of the hair for the nisa. They have to go to Mecca. They have to do tawaf. The most amount of action is done today. For us, it is a day of sacrifice as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see what sacrifices we have made. So again, this Eid is preceded with a time period of difficulty. We should have put ourselves through fasting, through extensive worship, through tahajjud, to reciting Qur'an. And we all know many of us got the tawfiq, alhamdulillah. And if we did, we say alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. If we didn't, then we look forward to the next season, inshallah, that comes. And we were able to fast yesterday. And we know Rasulullah sallallahu says in an authentic hadith, the person who fasts on Yawm al-Arafah, which was the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah, which was yesterday, their previous year's sin and the years to come's sin will be forgiven.
This is a great ni'mah of fasting one single day. We get two years of forgiveness. So this is a great uh, blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has really given to us that He wants us to turn back. Throughout Islam, throughout Sharia, if you look at the Quran and the Hadith, you will see, if you read continuously, you will, you will feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks for excuses, just an excuse to forgive, forgive us. It's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that, show me something so I can forgive you. And so for the smallest things that we consider small, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us. So fasting for one day, we get this great mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to have yaqeen in that. If we have fasted, you have to believe because this is an authentic hadith of Rasulullah. That you are going to be forgiven your previous year and your forthcoming year, inshallah. This is a great bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, we are commemorating the sacrifices of Sidna Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, as well as his entire family. Inshallah, I'll go through a few of the episodes in Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's life so that we can get some idea, not going too much in detail. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Al-Inshirah, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا Every time you put yourself to, through some difficulty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you more ease than that difficulty contained. So if you, you take one difficulty in your life, Allah promises He will give you two eases. So every time we undertake some hardship, we will experience a level of khayr and goodness and comfort and ease. And this we can see in the life of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, the amount of sacrifices that he has made for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely great. And this is why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam is reported to have said, أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ بَلَاءً الْأَنْبِيَاءِ the people who go through the most difficulty is not those who are the farthest from Allah. Rather, the ones who go through the most difficulty are the ones closest to Allah. The Anbiya, the Prophets, go through the most difficulty. Then, who goes through the most difficulty? Those closest to the Prophets, and then those closest to them. So if we find ourselves in a great deal of difficulty, this does not mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forsaken us. Rather, it is such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to reward us. As he is saying, when you go through a difficulty, I will give you double the ease. So what are the sacrifices of our father Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam? To recount some of them, number one is that he called his people toward the truth. We understand it, at a very young age, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted Ibrahim alayhi salam a great level of understanding. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifted him with the gift of nubuwa and prophecy. Of course, his people did not accept, and he turned to his father. And as we can see in the Quran, in the past few khutbas, I was highlighting this aspect. Whenever Ibrahim had to deliver the message, especially to his father, who used to craft and construct idols, he would do it in the best manner. He wouldn't disparage his father, he wouldn't speak to him harshly. Rather, he would say, Ya Abati, O my beloved father. And then he would give him those advices. Yet his father was ready to kill him because of this da'wah and this call towards Islam. So Ibrahim والسلام, had to leave. Another incident is where Ibrahim والسلام, stood up for the truth. He went to the, the temple and he smashed all of the idols. And he called the people and he showed them practically that these cannot help you in any way. Ibrahim والسلام, was known for his bravery and standing up for the truth. He was called by the tyrant, the king. Namrud, and in front of the king he engaged in a debate and of course he won the debate and the king was upset and ultimately Ibrahim was 
to be punished, to be thrown into the fire. Yet he was perseverant. He didn't let go of his faith. Ibrahim والسلام, placed the sanctity of deen first. He, every Nabi loves their nation. As Rasulullah when he was being forced out of Mecca, he turned and he faced the Kaaba and his eyes filled with tears. And he was saying that if my nation had not expelled me, I would never leave you behind. Ibrahim والسلام, was the same. But rather for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for, for the sake of spreading the message of Allah, he left his nation with Lut When Ibrahim والسلام, went to Egypt, he was tested again. The tyrant, he abducted his wife, Sarah, and he wanted, he had bad intentions. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved her at that time as well. Ibrahim والسلام, sacrificed even his family for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him the command to take his wife and his child, Ismail and Haja, to take them to the barren land of Makkah. At that time, Makkah was nothing but a desert. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to take them there. And so he took them there. And according to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, left them in a barren desert. And it wasn't only Ibrahim alayhi sacrifice, it was the entire family. Because they were ready to sacrifice with him. They didn't complain. They accepted the hukam and the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another situation is Ibrahim والسلام, is commanded in a dream to slaughter his son. Ismail السلام, Ibrahim السلام, was commanded to slaughter his son. And look at the sacrifice of the son as well. When Ibrahim السلام, related to him his dream, Ismail السلام, said, Ya The son has heard the dream of the father that the father must kill him. What is the response of the son? He said, My beloved father, do as you are told. I believe in you. I believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with wahi. I believe that you are the Nabi of Allah. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to slaughter me, to take my life, I am ready to sacrifice my life for this cause. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he saw that Ibrahim alayhi was prepared to sacrifice his own son for the sake of fulfilling one commandment of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to stop and replaced Ismail alayhi salam. Instead of slaughtering Ismail Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifted him a ram and Ibrahim slaughtered the ram and this is what we commemorate. This sacrifice of Ibrahim. Today is not just a day where we sacrifice a goat or a camel or a cow. Today is a day when we think of the sacrifice of Ibrahim salam for one ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a dream. He was ready to sacrifice all of his hopes, all of his dreams. At 90 years of age, he was given a child Finally, after so many years and decades of not having a child and wishing for one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted him with one. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him with one command. He did not even flinch and he was ready to sacrifice. When we are to sacrifice today, let us think of how many times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a command. And how many times did I flinch? How many times did I refuse to fulfill that command? How many times was I ready to fulfill that command? If I find myself always ready to fulfill the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am that much closer to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, who was actually the Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an indication that we are getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we find ourselves very far from this, I find it quite difficult to wake up for Salatul Fajr. I find it quite difficult to fast. I find it quite difficult to recite the Quran for the pleasure of Allah. I find it quite difficult to obey Allah, to lower my gaze when Allah commands me to do so. To close my ears when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands me to do so. To hold my tongue and restrain myself when Allah commands me to do so. 
And this is an indication that perhaps I'm a little bit far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But no need to worry, inshallah, the doors of tawbah, the doors of acceptance, the doors of re- repentance and contrition are open for us so we can turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times. After this, Ismail grows to a healthy young man. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says before Ibrahim was commanded to slaughter him. Ibrahim his son Ismail grew to a, a degree where he was strong enough to help his father. So after he has been replaced with the ram and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved Ismail the commandment was given to build the Kaaba Sharif. The Kaaba towards which we face and we perform our salah, towards which the people circumambulate, they do the tawaf, the center of our focus of this ummah. This was the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Ibrahim because he loved him so much that you and your son, both Nabis, will build the Kaaba together. And as they were building the Kaaba, they were making this dua, Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim these two individuals were selected by Allah out of all of humanity to build the most sanctified house, the bait, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet still they did not feel the pride in their hearts. They turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they cried to Him. And they realized that if this is not accepted, it's not worthy at all. So they made this dua, Oh Allah, accept our actions. Indeed, you are the acceptor of actions. And forgive our sins, forgive our shortcomings, forgive our mistakes. You are the one who forgives. And they built this Kaaba, and this is what we have today. And this is where we are facing towards. And this is the focal point of our ibadah and our tawajju. After enduring all of these different hardships, and I mention them very quickly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, وَإِذِ بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا Remember the time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had tested Ibrahim. And then when he passed, it, he passed the test, when Ibrahim passed the test, he com- completed them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Indeed, I will make you a leader amongst men. I will make you a leader of men, not only in your era, but thousands and thousands of years later, people will still remember your story. People will still talk about your sacrifices. People will still commemorate your sacrifices. And that is exactly what we are doing today. We are remembering these sacrifices that Ibrahim made for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask ourselves, what sacrifice can I make for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What sacrifice can I make for myself, for my family, so that this deen, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rules can flourish in the land? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Ibrahim greatly. Even though Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when a person approached our beloved messenger, he said, Ya khayr al-bariyya. This person came to Rasulullah and addressed him as, Oh, the greatest of creation. This person addressed Rasulullah as such. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Thak Ibrahim alayhi salam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, you, you addressed me as the greatest of creation. You're actually referring to Ibrahim. Out of his humility, of course, he is the greatest of creation. This person was not wrong in saying. But Nabi said, Ibrahim والسلام, he is the focal point of everyone's gaze. Everyone wants to emulate him. And Nabi was also commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to emulate Ibrahim In another narration, Rasulullah on his deathbed, five days before he passed away, Meaning he was very sick, he was in his maradul maut, the sickness in which 
he eventually passed sallallahu alaihi wasallam nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said inni abara'u ila allah an yakuna li minkum khalil he said i am free from having a best friend amongst mankind nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam announced to the sahaba none of you are my best friend and the sahaba may, might have thought that you know i really felt close to nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam but now he's saying i am not his khalil of course they were his companions of course they were very close and dear to his heart but they were not a khalil they were not a best friend this word khalil in arabic means a person whose heart has been completely given to someone one's heart has no space for anyone else because of the enormous amount of love they have for another so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said i cannot be the khalil for any one of you fa inna allah ta'ala ittakhadhani khalilan allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken me as his khalil i have no place in my heart for anyone else kama takhadha ibrahim khalila just as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken ibrahim as a khalil now he has taken me as a khalil as well walaw kuntu muttakhidan min ummati khalilan lattakhadtu aba bakrin khalilan if i was to take a best friend amongst humanity it would have been abu bakr but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen me as his khalil so after looking at all of this understanding that the entire hajj is a commemoration of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's struggle his life story and even for us who are not in hajj when we are going to slaughter let us think of the sacrifice of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the beginning of suratul ankabut ahasiban nasu an yutraku an yaqulu amanna wa hum la yuftanun do people think that they can just say la ilaha illallah and they will not be tested Do you think that you can testify to the oneness of Allah that you can testify to becoming a follower of the greatest of creation Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Allah will not test you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wala qad fatanna alladhina min qablihim fal'alamanna Allahu alladhina sadaqu wa la'alamanna al-kadhibin indeed we have tested those before them who have also testified to the oneness of Allah so that we can see who was truthful and who was telling a lie Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us as well throughout our lives every single day we have a test Allah wants to see are you truthful to this claim are you truthful to this statement that you make la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah the shahada that you give daily in your salah i want to test if you are truthful of this and this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us through hardship it is our duty to remember and commemorate the story of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and fulfill this next time we see something haram or haram is in front of us or were offered haram let us remember what ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam did for the sake of allah for one command of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ready to sacrifice his beloved son what are we ready to sacrifice for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now today is not only a day of sacrificing it's a day in which we should ponder over the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where am i in terms of loving allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says at the end of suratul ankabut وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Those who struggle in our way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who struggle for my cause, indeed I will grant them guidance towards our ways, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. If you want guidance in your life, if you want to know what is right, what is wrong, if you want to have a happy life, we have to struggle. We have to sacrifice our own desires. we have to put our desires in the back seat and put the hukam and the rules of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the front seat and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he is with those who are righteous so we want allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with us we want allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us this hidayah and this guidance
Alhamdulillah, today is the day of Eid. It is a day of celebration, Alhamdulillah. And this is also another reminder, along with the commemoration of the sacrifices of Ibrahim, of a greater celebration. Everything in dunya is a small reflection of what waits for us in akhirah. The good and the, the comfort and the pleasures and luxuries we experience in dunya is nothing in comparison to the pleasures of Jannah. The harms, the pain, the torment and anguish that we find in dunya is nothing compared to that of Jahannam. But these are just examples. And today is a celebration. What is this an example of? I'll just recite a few more ayat and inshallah we'll conclude. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raf, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلِّ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهِمُ الْأَنْهَارِ وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي هَدَانَا لِهَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَهْتَدِيَ لَوْلَا أَنْ هَدَانَ اللَّهِ لَقَدْ جَاءَتْ رُسُلُ رَبِّنَا بِالْحَقِّ وَنُودُوا أَنْ تِلْكُمُ الْجَنَّةُ أُورِثْتُمُوهَا بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when the believers go to Jannah and all types of malice will be removed from them and they will live in peace with gardens, that, with rivers that flow underneath. And they will say, all praise is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has guided us to this. Had it not been to, for the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we would not have found this guidance. And indeed, the messengers have come to us with the truth. And there will be an announcement that will be made that now this Jannah is yours. You have earned it for what you have done in the dunya. That is a true celebration when we finally enter the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the end of Surah Al-Zumar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي صَدَقَنَا وَعْدًا When the believers enter Jannah, they will say, Alhamdulillah. Allah has fulfilled His promise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised to us that we will have this if we toil, if we struggle, if we hold firm onto this kalima. And He has given it to us now. And then the angels will say, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will, will have it said, وَأَوْرَثَنَا الْأَرْضَ نَتَبَوَّأُ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ حِيثُ نَشَاءُ the believers will say, all praises to Allah, He has given us this. Those who work hard, they have a great end. So Alhamdulillah, this is a reminder, we need to work hard for the pleasure of Allah. And this is a day of celebration. The working hard, inshallah, that, that is done for now. We still have to do our ibadat, of course, which is fard. But this is a day of celebration. As the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in a narration in Sunan Tirmidhi, يَوْمَ عَرَفَ وَيَوْمَ النَّحَرْ وَأَيَّامُ التَّشْرِيقِ عِيدُنَا أَهْلَ الْإِسْلَامِ O people of Islam, the day of Arafah, the day of Nahar, which is today, and the days of Tashriq, the next days to come. This is the Eid, this is the celebration of the Muslims. وَهِيَ أَيَّامُ أَكْلٍ وَشُرْبٍ It is a day of eating and the day of drinking. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us these days. We're not allowed to fast. In the next few days, it's impermissible to fast for a person. Up until Tuesday, these are the ayyam al-tashriq. You're supposed to eat, enjoy, because of the toils that we have done. Let us ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness, for acceptance. Give us tawfiq to turn to Him. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance in all of our affairs. Wa sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. So inshallah we will start the Eid Salah. I'll briefly explain how to perform the Salah. After the salah, there will be the khutbah. So it's reverse from what we have typically on Fridays. Fridays we have the khutbah first, then the salah. On the Eids, we have the salah first, and then the khutbah, inshallah. So we should all stay quiet after the salah as well, and listen carefully for the khutbah. When the khutbah is done, then inshallah we can uh, leave and, and uh, celebrate the day, inshallah. So the way we perform the salatul Eid 
It's the same as the previous Eid as well. Both of the Eid Salahs are the same. There is an extra six takbirs. So excluding what is normally in the Salah, there's an extra six. And an easy way to remember this is you'll do the extra takbirs before the recitation in the first rakah and after the recitation in the second rakah. As if you are parenthesizing, if I can say that, the two uh, recitations with the takbir. So the way we're going to do it is the Imam will say Allahu Akbar and then we'll fold our hands for the first time and we'll recite the thana. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik wa tabarakasmuk wa ta'ala jadduk wa la ilaha ghayruk. So that is a, we'll hold our hands. Then there will be three more. And in these three, the first two, you'll drop the hands and the third, you'll hold. So after the first one, Allahu Akbar once, Allahu Akbar twice, Allahu Akbar the third time and we'll fold our hands and the recitation will commence. Then the entire salah will be normal at the end of the second rakah, meaning you stood up in the second rakah, Fatiha, Suratul Ghashiyah, inshallah. Before going to the rukur, so the end of the recitation, there will be three extra takbirs and then the rukur. So at the end of the second rakah, Allahu Akbar once, Allahu Akbar twice, Allahu Akbar thrice, and then Allahu Akbar a fourth time will go into rukur. So does everyone understand? Usually what we will see is, you know, some of the brothers will start looking left and right to see what the other brother is doing. Inshallah, we should understand our deen and try to uh, practice according with knowledge, inshallah. So that's why I'm explaining. I'll do it once more, inshallah. Because I remember last aid, someone was telling me, even though I explained it, there was some brother that was looking. So let us pay attention, inshallah. So you start the one takbir for the salah, we... Fold our hands. We do the thana. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdi. Then three. One, two. On the third one, we fold our hands. Okay. And then we fulfill the, the salah. We go into sujood. We come back up. Fatiha again. Another surah. Before going into the ruku of the second rakah, three times. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And the fourth time, we'll go into the ruku. And then everything else is the same, inshallah. So, inshallah, we'll commence now. And afterward, we'll have the khutbah, inshallah.